the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars, because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part-time college professor, but a full-time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is His perfect revelation, including a young earth six-day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation. The true church rapture comes pre-tribulation followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me again with Season Watch. And we'll just start with prayer. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you for this time of year where hearts are tender and we have opportunities to um, speak about you, to speak about Jesus. Uh, this is the time that we can speak about the gift of your dear son. And so we just praise you, you ask you to be with us and to, to bless us everywhere we go so that we represent you. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to remind you all about my book, um, uh, The Lost, The Story of Christmas. It's being uh, sold at Sea Christ, which is a Christian bookstore, one of the last ones, if not the last one in San Diego. Please go down and support it. And uh, they're actually cooking up a discount uh, for my listeners, but I don't have the details as of this recording. They will have it at that time. So go down and tell them, hey, I came down because of Season Watch. I heard about you on Season Watch, and they'll give you a special deal. And so you'll find out the details when you get there, but it's down there in uh, Lemon Grove on 7733 Palm Street, Suite 101. Just take the 94 to Lemon Lemon Grove Avenue. And um, also I want to recommend a great book to give at Christmas time for whether somebody's a believer or a skeptic. It's called Untold Secrets of Planet Earth Flood Fossils. By the way, they have three untold secrets of planet Earth, and they all... They all um, give scientific and eyewitness evidence, just terrific evidence about flood, the flood fossils, and even eyewitness evidence about um, seeing uh, Noah's Ark on Mount Ararat. It's a fantastic book. It's completely compelling. If you give this to anybody, skeptic or believer, they will be enthralled by this. And so if you're looking to give a skeptic something, they're kind of scientific-minded, uh, guaranteed if they read this, if they read this in sincerity, they will be convinced. So anyway, it's something to, to do. Also, I just want to remind you, grab some extra money and carry it around with you wherever you go this Christmas season and ask God to show you who needs to be blessed. It is the time. Knock someone's socks off, um, your waitress or somebody uh, that's helping you or just looks like they're in need. Carry it around extra and designate it and say, Jesus, who do you want to give this to? Because he told us uh, that we need to shine his light, and this is the season for it. Remember, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And that's this is a great time to do it. So please uh, consider just carrying that extra extra cash around and let, let God use you to bless somebody. All right, so friends, let's fasten our truth belts as today we discuss 
all eyes on Israel, their 70th week means the church is rapture ready. So last week we discussed how Jesus told us to watch Israel as evidence that we're in the season of the last days. And he was describing all the signs of the last days before his return and then added these prophetic details about Israel. Moreover, Jesus gave the analogy for his disciples to look for um, in Matthew 24. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When its branch is already tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things, know that it is near at the very doors. Assuredly, I tell you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. And we talked about last time how we've already seen Israel come back into the land in uh, 1948, and that Israel is traditionally the fig tree in the Bible. And how when Jesus uh, cursed the fig tree, it was because it didn't bear fruit. And it was symbolic for the covenant of Israel, which had kind of withered away. Remember, Jeremiah promised that uh, God was going to give us a new covenant to replace the old covenant. And the first covenant was with Israel, with a purpose, with prophecy, with the promise of the Messiah, pointing to how Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, would be the ultimate fulfillment of the law. And of course, these things were shadowed in prophecy and really spiritually understood. And so um, Israel um, was the original covenant, but they they largely rejected the Messiah through their leaders, but the disciples, the apostles, they were faithful and they carried uh, the news of what Jesus had done as their Messiah. And so when Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed in 70 AD, just as Jesus prophesied, and that ended the covenant of the law with Israel because they no longer had a temple for the prescribed sacrifice and atonement for sin that showed, hey, by the way, just like Jeremiah said, this covenant is passed away. There's a new covenant in in freedom and in by fulfilling the law. And it was no longer needed because of the anointing blood of Jesus. He paid for the sins. We didn't need to sacrifice for sins anymore. He did it once and for all. Jesus also described this destruction with the, and the scattering of Israel as when the times of the Gentiles would begin. We talked about that a little last week in Luke 21. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Uh, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So right now we're in the times of the Gentiles until the rapture. Uh, that's when the global government will completely lock in, probably to manage the crisis when millions of people disappear in the rapture. That will really cause quite the trigger. Um, So we've been in the times of the Gentiles for about 2,000 years. And then suddenly the clock on Israel restarted, May 18th, 1948, when uh, ancient Israel got back into their land. They were allowed to return to their ancient land after 2,000 years. And that also started the prophetic clock of the end days as well by fulfilling the remarkable prophecies about Israel becoming a sovereign nation again, miraculously in a day, just as Isaiah 66 said, Isaiah 66, 8, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day or shall a nation be born at once? 
For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children, right? And another version says, in a day. So it's pretty amazing. Ezekiel 36 also prophesied, I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you into your own land. And so we, we discussed last time, seeing Israel become a nation is a sign that we are in the last days. And we already read numerous verses on that. And so we discussed that. This puts the focus uh, back on Israel, makes them in the spotlight, and the whole world will begin to turn against it, just as it said in Zechariah 12, which we discussed. So never in history has Israel been the focus of the whole world, that little country, uh, just a tiny little place out in the Middle East, and the world is also realigning toward a global governance. And By the way, let's not forget about that one world false religion mentioned in Revelation 2. We're going to talk about that in another day. But did you hear that the, uh, at the COP global summit in Egypt, that, uh, that, that climate summit, um, the leaders went to the Sinai Peninsula and actually climbed up the supposed Mount Sinai. And then they literally came down, very symbolic of them with a new Ten Commandments of climate justice and tenets of their new one-world faith. This is not a joke. They just did it. Look it up. I mean, they're trying to replace the religion with a global religion that's tied to climate justice. And they literally have these Ten Commandments. It's not a joke. This is happening right now, just as the Bible said. We're seeing the false religion and the global government line up at the same time that Israel is back on the world stage. And it's just as the Bible said. And these are specific conditions described in last day's prophecies. Uh, We also see the idea that Israel moves off the world stage for 2,000 years also fits the remarkable pattern of dispensation, which we'll discuss more in another episode when we talk about the timing of the rapture. But here's the interesting um, pattern that we see from the beginning of time. So there's actually 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham. Uh, which is a time when each individual person had the choice to follow God. They just had free will to make individual decisions. And then we see there's 2,000 years from Abraham to Jesus where Israel revealed and represented God and his promised salvation through one born of a woman. And they gave us all of the prophecies and everything. So Israel was on the the stage for 2,000 years. And now we've had 2,000 years of the Great Commission spreading the gospel to the world. So interesting. So that's 6,000 years. And, uh, and then there's going to be a 1,000 year millennium. Very interesting. A total of 7,000 years, just like the creation week. But we'll get into that more in another episode. Um, so when we look at all the prophecies that have been given concerning the last days, uh, all that's really left on the prophetic clock that we know for sure before the tribulation events is this 70th week described in Daniel, which we will discuss today. And we believe that the 70th week described in Daniel is that seven-year tribulation. And so... Um, friends, if you've heard my previous episodes on the rise of the beast kingdom and others, um, you'll want to catch up if you've missed any of those. You can go to the pray, K Praise website and find the earlier episodes. It talks about the rise of the beast kingdom. We went into a lot of details of what the global government is doing right now. 
Um, and so go to the Season Watch show page. You can listen to those podcasts earlier and catch up. <laughs> but uh, the Bible says in Second Thessalonians 2, 3, uh, which we've discussed, that the Antichrist will not be revealed until after the rapture of the church. So we get this concept of a seven-year tribulation from where the prophetic verses of the Old and New Testament overlap in Daniel and in Um, other places. So Daniel described the entire history of the world from the rebuilding of the temple after captivity until the Antichrist. And he did it through the lens of Israel because uh, all the prophecies given to Daniel were about the world as pertained to Israel through the lens of Israel. And so we see this condensed prophecy in chapter 9, which describes Israel's return from Babylon, the coming Messiah, and this mysterious 70th week that indicates an interruption of Israel being a nation until they return to the land and the 70th week restarts. And these prophecies concerning how the Antichrist will arise and promise peace for the world, and he will make a covenant with Israel for seven years, but will break it in the middle of the seven years by going into the temple and declaring himself God. So we're going to look at this complex. We can't go in and take it all apart. Daniel 9 is very complex. Of course, all of Daniel is. You can read it. You can get it. There's great commentaries on it. But we're just going to take a quick look today to find those little gems out of there. So Daniel 9 starts in verse 24 Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for the holy city to finish transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy one. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah, the prince, There shall be 70 weeks and 62 weeks. There should be, I'm sorry, seven weeks and 62 weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end of it will be with a flood and desolations and war determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and offerings to cease and shall cause abominations to make it desolate. So um, so we see this complex storyline. And by the way, most of it's already happened. Uh, and biblical scholars have looked at it. In fact, the 70 weeks are actually really means 70 groups of sevens. And so biblical scholars have taken the known dates about the wall and the rebuilding of Jerusalem when the decree went out. They know all of these records because it's also the record of the the um, kingdom that they were came out of. And so they have all of these, and they actually mathematically multiplied the weeks, the seven weeks or the seven times 62 weeks, and that it actually prophesied to the day when Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, so we actually know the day that if, if somebody had stopped to do the math, we would have known the day that the Messiah would enter in Jerusalem. This is a remarkable prophecy. It's easier to look at hindsight and be like, oh my gosh, there it was all along. And so it not only did it prophesy that, it helps us to accept the rest of the prophecies as true. Um, 
And so there was, uh, we just read that there's a seven-year covenant that will be signed by the Antichrist with Israel, but that in the middle of that covenant, he would enter into the temple and declare himself God. Then there would be a time of great distress as never before against the Jewish people and their land. So Jesus actually warned about this moment when the Antichrist would enter the temple and declare himself God. And that's in uh, a couple of places, but Matthew twenty four fifteen is where Jesus warns. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, for there shall be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor shall ever be. So it's a time that has not happened yet. There's been great tribulation and difficulty, persecution of the Jewish people. But Jesus says that this time will be like the worst ever that will never be topped. And so Daniel also described this great trial of the Jewish people in Daniel twelve one. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time, and at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who's found written in the book. And what a wonderful prophecy that is, and a promise for the Jewish people. They're going to receive their Messiah um, and so we're going to pray for that, continue to pray for that. Jeremiah was actually the one who coined the phrase that we popularly use at this time. And it's Jeremiah 30, starting in verse 3. It says, For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from the captivity my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Right, They didn't possess it after the captivity. They were ruled by Rome, right? So this is a, a time that we've now seen fulfilled. And then verse 30, it says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off your neck. I will burst your bonds Foreigners shall no more enslave them, but they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, who I will raise up for them. And so this is a prophecy of the millennial kingdom, right? So you see several stages. He says in verse 30, he's going to bring his people back into land, which he did. And then he prophesied Jacob trouble. We align that to the other prophecies about Jacob's trouble, and we know that that's in the midst of the tribulation period when the Antichrist has arisen. And then that last scripture is how David, their king, will rule over them in the land again. And so that's a that's the full scope of the promise for Israel. And we know that eventually the times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled and that the focus will be back on Israel. And God's promise to make her a great nation with the son of David as her eternal king, we know that these things are yet to come. So right now we're in the dispensation or the time of the church, which puts all the focus on spreading the gospel to the nations. And Paul described this, and we'll quote this later, Paul described how Israel was blinded in part for the Gentiles to have an opportunity at salvation and that salvation could spread to the rest of the nations and not only stay in Israel. It was a way to open salvation to the whole world. 
Um, But Daniel and Jesus and others put Israel back on the clock of history after the rapture of the church. So when we look at all the timing together, we see that Israel's back in focus, but that that 70th week, which we will talk about, won't start until the rapture. And Luke 21, 23 says, For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And we read that last time. And we know also that there's an astonishing war prophecy that hasn't actually happened yet, and it's known as the Ezekiel 38 War. And prophecy described it happening in the latter years. So maybe you've heard about the Ezekiel 38 war before. We're going to try to get into it a little bit here. But this has yet to be fulfilled, and it is sandwiched in the latter years. And a lot of people, a lot of scholars think that it actually is a war that's going to come just before the rapture uh, because of the way it's described. Um And so if we take a look at it, Ezekiel 38, um, it's I'm going to kind of try to get over these scriptures quickly so you can take a look at it. It says, uh, Son of man, set your face against Gog and the land of Magog and the prince of Rosh. Rosh means head. um, And uh, Meshach, Tebal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus is the Lord your God. Behold, I'm against you. O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, I will turn you and put a hook in your jaw and lead you with your great army all the way down with Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya, all with all your weapons. And it says that after many days, in verse 8, you will be visited in the latter years. You will come to the land brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel— which has long been desolate, they were brought back from the nations, and now they dwell safely. And this is to Gog and Magog. You will ascend like a storm covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many people with you. And the Lord God says, on that day you shall, it shall come to pass that a thought will arise in your mind, and you will make an evil plan, and you will come out of your place in the far north, you and many people with you, and you will come against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days, and I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me. And it will come to pass at the same time when you come against the land of Israel that my fury will show in my face, and I will call for a sword against Gog through all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, and I will bring judgment and pestilence and bloodshed, and I will rain down on him the troops and many peoples who are with you, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire and brimstone. And thus I will magnify magnify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord." And it says in Ezekiel 39, And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and I will turn you around and lead you, bringing you from the far north and bring you against the mountains of Israel. You shall fall on the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and the people who are with you, and I will give you to the birds of prey and every sort of beast in the field will be devoured. Sounds lovely. So, 
Um, what's the point? The point of this is, and you can slow down and look at it yourself, is that it's a prophecy of a nation far to the north joined with uh, Turkey and and um, and with Syria and with Iran and Russia. And the thing is, is that never before have we seen an alignment of these nations, and yet these nations are aligned right now. And um, I could talk about how this is not the Armageddon war, and we could get into that, um, hopefully. But the, the, the fact is, this is not the Armageddon war, which is in the Valley of Megiddo, Har Megiddo, Valley of Megiddo. That's on the coast. This is in the mountains of Israel. And the mountains of Israel are in the north, and it's where that corridor comes down from Syria and that area. And that's where this is. This war's never happened. It's never happened. And it says it's in the latter years. So this is something that we're actually seeing formulating right before our eyes right now. In fact, we've got um, Iran, Turkey, and Russia in an agreement, a recent agreement together. Um, They're in cooperation together. And, of course, Syria Syria is a proxy of Iran and Russia. And so all these things are converging right now. Russia's smoking mad at Israel because they're, they offered some technology to um, Ukraine to help them fight. And they're offering natural gas to replace the natural gas Russia lost when somebody blew up their pipeline. And so these tensions are coming. And we know that Iran wants to wipe out Israel. They're dealing right now with a very serious uh, rebellion in their nation. And they're about to get a nuclear warhead. And they say they want to they want to wipe Israel off the map. These things are happening right now. So, friends, we just have to understand there is no doubt. This global governance and everything is converging into this 70th week uh, that's close at hand that will likely start at the rapture of the true church. And that means being rapture ready. And, friends, these prophecies show us how vital it is that we honor God by recognizing that his plans for his chosen people are not over. We will yet, he will yet bring them into his promised relationship with the Messiah. That's why the replacement theology is a satanic lie. The church has not replaced Israel. God's promises are still true for Israel, and it's part of the prophecies that we're looking for. So please pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for Israel that many are sprinkled and come to faith. And believe me, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your uh, Savior yet, ask him to pay for your sins. You don't want to be stuck here when all this goes down. And, And believe me, he loves you so dearly. All right, so next time, friends, we're going to talk about who is Jesus, because uh, in this Christmas season, we want to know what a loving Savior he is. Uh, So until next time, God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. 
Wendy's Words for Him. Her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.